0: This podcast is made possible by listener support on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Sam Near-Death Experiences. Why should I be frightened of dying? You no know, reason for it. You better go sometime. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sam Reed's Near-Death Experiences podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, thank you for listening today. Last episode we did was a, a little different. We did a, a Q&A type of thing, which was fun. But now we are going to get back to our normal routine, if, if you could call it normal. Um, although I'm really excited about today's episode because uh, today's near-death experience is coming from a listener of the show. Uh, a man named Jay reached out to me and shared his story with me, and I read it, and I loved it, and I wanted to share it with everyone else. So I think that's really cool when I get to do that, and it's really exciting. Before we get into some of the details about his near-death experience, I need to give a shout-out to a new supporter on Patreon. The listener's name is Jerry Biamonti. And uh, Jerry, thank you so much for not only for listening but for choosing to support the podcast on on patreon It's incredibly generous of you and and I'm just blown away um, so you're awesome and, and you rock so thank you so much Jerry um, it, it's really overwhelming to to know that that people find enough value and in, in what I'm doing to be willing to support it so thank you. So now we will will talk a little bit about Jay's near death experience and set it up some of the context. Um he this occurred in 2016. Uh, I was on Thanksgiving and Jay was having a little get together with some friends and while the food was being prepared he was sitting around and all of a sudden he had some kind of medical event where he lost consciousness. It, seemed like it was kind of out of the blue, and, and he had this amazing near-death experience. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of cool things to talk about that we see in other uh, near-death experiences that we've talked about so far, and uh, I'm really excited to, to get to share this. Like I said, it's always cool when when a listener of the show can can share their experience with me, so... So, without any further ado, here is Jay's near-death experience. My name is Jamie Hernandez, but I go by Jay Hernandez. I am 44 years old and I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I am a single father of a soon-to-be 18-year-old daughter. This took place back in November 24th, 2016, on Thanksgiving Day. She was 15 at the time. On that day, my daughter and I were planning on cooking our very own Thanksgiving turkey. I have no family here in Arizona, so all we have is each other. That day, she received a text message from my ex-wife, asking if she would like to spend Thanksgiving with her and her family. Even though she is not her biological mother, her and my daughter had a connection. My daughter asked me if it was okay for her to go. I said it was fine because she spends all her time with me and it would be good for her to spend some time with other girls. I felt a little sad, but I kept it to myself. I remember thinking, what am I going to do? I didn't want to be alone, but then my friend Brad asked me if I wanted to come over to his place. He and his roommates were going to have a Friendsgiving giving since they were all from out of state and couldn't go home to their families. I said yes and shortly after I was on my way to his house. I stopped to get some food and a few beers for myself. It was around 1.30 when I arrived. He then introduced me to his roommates. One of them had his girlfriend there as well. We chatted for a bit and then we all sat down at the table while my friend Brad did the cooking. I remember specifically me sitting at the center of the table and to my right was Brad's roommate's girlfriend. We were joking about how in America we take naps after we eat turkey because one of Brad's roommates was from Italy. At that moment I remember waking up in this dark room. It was pitch black, you could not see anything. You know how in the middle of the night it is dark but you can still see where you are? Well, this was not the case. I was laying down on what felt like a massage table, but there wasn't one. In fact, there was nothing in that room other than blackness. I had no body. I know that, but I was still able to feel that I was laying on something flat. Then I noticed this bright white dot forming at my top right-hand corner. Then it started to get bigger and bigger, and then it started to cascade over me, I can only compare it to when it's raining outside, and there are lights on outside, but you can see the rain falling. Like that until it got big enough for me to walk into. I was still laying down, but when it got closer to me, I felt myself sitting up without me doing it, like I had no control over myself. I felt the warmth coming out of it. I felt so good like a loving feeling one I can only describe as a mother's love. Do you remember when you were a kid and you got hurt, and you cried and ran to your mother's arms, and when she hugged you, everything felt right? Safe and loved? Just like that is what it felt, pure love, more than I have ever felt. I noticed inside this big light tunnel or portal was this door, and behind it, there were people waving at me. They were all made of light, but I can see their shape and their hand gestures. I felt myself getting off this flat surface and walking towards this light, and as I did it felt like I was going home. I can't explain how, but it felt like it was home. At that moment I wasn't thinking about anything or anyone, not even my daughter. There were no worries or concerns. Everything felt perfect. As I started to walk towards it, I felt a hand over my right shoulder that stopped me. When I looked to my right, I noticed it was an angel. He was big and tall with big wings. He was made out of light, but I could still see him. It was then I knew it was Saint Michael the Archangel. He spoke to me, but not with words, but in my head, through my thoughts, I heard him saying, It's not your time yet. Don't be afraid of dying, you have nothing to worry, you have a purpose, the world needs you. It was then when I felt a blow to my chest. Everything went black again, and I woke up covered in sweat. I noticed I was on the kitchen floor. My first reaction was to get up, but they all screamed at me not to get up. The blow to my chest was CPR. The girl to my right was a nurse and knew what to do. I asked Brad what happened after. He told me that when we were talking about taking naps at the table, I fell over on the girl to my right and thought I was joking until I felt heavy, and she suggested to lay me on the floor. My eyes were still open, but she checked my pulse and I had none, and I was turning purple. It was then when she said call 911. All I can say now is that I feel different. I know I am someone else in the same body, but with a different soul. I look at myself in the mirror and it's not me. I look the same and it's my body, but it's not me. I am happier. Everything is so new and still is. Everything is bright and new, like a toddler discovering the world for the first time. The air feels fresher, the trees, The grass, everything is so perfect and beautiful, it's hard to explain. I'm also very intuitive, clairvoyant-like. I can see things happening before they actually do. I can feel things I didn't before. I receive guidance from God and my angels. I can ask for help and I receive answers. It's beautiful. There is so much I can do now. I've gained so many gifts and I feel so blessed. I still don't know what my purpose is, but it is okay because I know everything happens within divine timing and my time will come. I am so glad my daughter was not with me that day and I can't wait until I finally go back home. Okay, so that was Jay's near-death experience. I thought it was really, really fascinating, and I think there's going to be some cool things that we can talk about. And and I don't really, I don't really know where to start. There's there's a lot we can get into, so I guess we'll just kind of start out by uh, walking through the experience itself and seeing what comparisons we can make and what we can learn. So it starts out the the experience itself starts out in blackness. This is something that we got into a little bit with uh, the last, well, not the last episode, but the episode before that with Greg's out-of-body experience. It's beginning in this kind of inky, dark blackness that's that's not like, you know, as Jay describes, it's not like a a dark room or anything that when you're sleeping at night that you can kind of see things. It's like pitch black that there's nothing for you to to see. And so people have called this the void, like I mentioned in the uh, in Greg's episode that it's uh, you see this sometimes in, in some near-death experiences. you know some people float above their bodies or some people appear in a field or in a city or, or, or some nature scene and some people just are in blackness. and and then you know the the experience unfolds, from there. But as the starting point, uh, that's where he begins in this kind of void. So then uh, he, he mentions that he's kind of laying on a flat surface. He doesn't have a body, but he's, he's laying down. And so there's some kind of sensation of, of feeling, I guess, of touch that, that he can tell he's laying flat. And then out of the right side of, I guess, his awareness comes a a big white dot and this light that keeps getting closer and closer, and that was something uh, interesting because you know we've we've kind of talked about this before, and, and similar similarly in Greg's out of body experience, he was in the void and in the blackness, and he uh, he asked he wondered about God, and then God uh, a. Bright white dot came out of his right side, right, uh, right side of his field of perception, and again, that has happened here in Jay's near-death experience. And I guess if we looked at kind of the, I don't know, the moral or ethical symbolism of, of right and left, the right side is is often referred to as the good side, the the side that is um, positive. And no offense to all all you lefties out there, but you know the left side is usually associated with like evil, unknown, that sort of thing, and the right side can can be associated with that which is good and which is known. And so, that's just in a kind of interesting association that in both of these past two experiences that we've we've talked about, they begin in the void and then. A a tiny pinprick of light kind of swells up and and comes closer, coming from the right side, the good side, and and that's kind of where the experience begins. So we we have that as a a beginning of the experience, and then Jay does a good job of trying to describe the the way that the the light kind of becomes its own. It it, it comes into its being, or so or so to speak. So. He describes it as as kind of rain cascading down, and and the the light. He he describes it as when it's raining outside, and and there are lights on, and you can see each of the raindrops. And so, he kind of describes this this downpour of of light that is coming over him, and and really, that's a very poignant kind of image because rain is often associated, you know, with the I don't know fertilization and and the growth of life and the manna coming down from heaven that sustains us all and so that's a very I think a very appropriate kind of way to describe it at least symbolically I think that's very interesting uh, that he chose to describe it like that and then and then he he also describes the feeling that he he gets from this light as Mother's love, and this is—I think—that's a very, again, a very telling and interesting way of of trying to describe what this experience feels like. Uh, you will remember from a few episodes ago, was it Laura's near-death experience? I think that uh, the—I uh, guess—the closest thing to divine love. That we can experience is the feeling that uh, we have for a child or, or a parent has for a child. And so here we have an echo of that, a, a restatement that this feeling that's coming over him is like uh, your mother's love for you or the, the love of, of God for, for man as, as kind of a parent and child type of relationship. And it's interesting that it's he he describes it in, in, as the mother because that's kind of a you know we often hear about God the Father and Christ the Son and stuff, but the feminine element of the Godhead is is not mentioned as often as as the masculine element, and it seems perfectly reasonable to me that if there's a God and and he's a totality of all things. I just called him a he. It is a totality of all things that it would also combine ma- uh, masculine and feminine. And that's something we might talk a, a little bit about here as we continue on. But I thought that was very interesting that it's, it feels like a mother's love and, and it echoes some things we've heard in previous episodes too. So he he describes this pure, beautiful love. Um, and then he there's this tunnel. Of course, that's a very common feature of near-death experiences, a, a big tunnel, and there is a doorway, some kind of door, and he can tell that there are people behind it waving at him and making gestures, and and they're made of light. And so, again, the door, very common symbolic representation of a threshold, a, a point of, of kind of no return, that's a very uh, effective way of of i guess representing what what this you know when we see it in a, a near death experience it's it's very uh, it's very to the point that we kind of understand immediately that okay this is if we cross this door if we go through this door or we cross this point then we are entering the land or the the realm of the Afterlife for the dead, or heaven, or you—you you can have a million different names for it, but that again is a very um, potent image, and I think it's very appropriate. Um, so, and then he begins walking towards the light, like he was—he he describes it as as going home. Again, that's an, a sentiment that and expression that we. We hear again and again with near-death experiences that it feels like that realm is the is home that is where we belong. and he he restates that uh, in this case as well. And so he even mentions that he wasn't even thinking about his daughter. He wasn't thinking about home. He wasn't thinking of or by home. I mean, the earth, he wasn't thinking about his life or anything. It's just kind of this this automatic kind of, pull that he he feels towards his his true home, which is the divine realm. And um, there was something else about that that I, I thought I could mention that he, I guess as it starts raining, this, this light begins raining over him, he kind of automatically sits up in a way or orients himself to it. And that just kind of echoes what we've talked about a couple times before and how these, in these experiences, you don't, uh, it seems like the uh, individual does not have full agency or full control over their, their actions and, and what they can do that, that the experience itself is kind of controlling some of the action that's going on. And so I thought that was an interesting thing that he, he mentions he, felt himself kind of being uh, sat up without he, he himself doing it and so he's being he's uh, making his way towards this door towards the light through this tunnel and he feels a a hand on his right shoulder again it's the right it's the good side the the positive side uh, uh, there's there's even uh, some speculation I guess in in the Bible and and in and Jewish interpretation of it that the, the right hand of God represents his mercy and the, the left hand of God represents his justice. And so, again, the right has the positive association. And, again, you kind of have this interplay of, of opposites. So the hand on his right shoulder is uh, the archangel Michael. And so I did a little bit of reading about the Archangel Michael, and there's there's a couple things that he's kind of known for. He is the, I guess, the leader of God's army, a warrior. Um, he is associated with healing. Uh, there's a legend of him healing the plague in a, a certain town. Uh, he's associated with, with, uh, well, he, he kind of... Uh, guides the souls after death to to the afterlife realm which is, or to heaven in, in a specifically Christian context but uh, he's associated with with guiding souls after death and so that's almost a perfect fit for what we have here and uh, so I thought that was very interesting and so I asked uh, Jay if he had any particular associations or, or a relationship with this uh, the figure of the uh, Archangel Michael, and and he mentioned that he he was uh, before his experience, he was kind of learning about angels and spirituality, and he had often asked uh, the Archangel Michael for strength and support, and, and he had a kind of relationship with with that figure, which I thought was interesting because. Uh, sure enough, when he has he, in his hour of need, when he's had this experience and he's uh, in the darkness, he is he is greeted by um, uh, an angel which uh, he is familiar with. So I thought that was that was very interesting. Again, you know, in the last Q and A episode, I kind of tried to talk in a confused, kind of befuddled way about about the. The role of the subjective side of life and, and objective side of life, and and how the subjective side is is always going to be an individual kind of experience, an individual an individual kind of way of knowing, and that we can only uh, learn about that side of things through comparison and inferences and. And broad general patterns which is what we do kind of by looking all the at all these different experiences but it's you know as if we needed another example here we have um, a very specific individual um, relationship that Jay has had with this this angel and and here he he appears in in this experience and and when he starts to talk about some of his the after effects of his near death experience and the changes that he's he's gone through, he um, has mentioned to me and 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 when I asked him about it, he's mentioned that he's seen the archangel Michael since his experience, and so he's kind of created this has this lasting relationship with this this angel, which is amazing. Um. So, from there, he's, he's told telepathically, so that's another common feature we see, instantaneous communication through uh, thought, I suppose. That's something that we, we see in, in many different near-death experiences. He's told that he has to go back, that it's not his time and that he has a purpose. You know, that is a very um, important takeaway from learning about near-death experiences is it seems to suggest that We all have a reason for being here, that we all have something to accomplish, to do. And although Jay is not told what his purpose is, he knows that he has one, and that he is supposed to go back to fulfill that. So he uh, is told not to be afraid of dying, which is something that many near-death experiencers don't have. They don't have a fear of dying, um, which makes sense, of course. Um, and he's told that the world needs him. So those are very, very powerful words to to hear or to be told. So, And after that, he is revived and he is on the uh, floor and they're <laughs> trying to take care of him and, and calling 911. It's unclear exactly what, what Jay went through, but clearly it was something uh, very sudden without a whole lot of warning and, and that... Uh, he mentions that he was turning purple, so he had some kind of loss of uh, uh, oxygen. So, and then he talks about his his changes since then, and this is something that we we've talked about in, in a specific episode on after effects of, of near death experiences. But it's always very interesting to see how people change, and and what what comes across is that he he feels new, he feels reborn, he feels. Like he's seen the world with fresh eyes, and and it's also he also has this uh, this strong link with his intuition, or or we could say that it's almost like there's a bridge between him and and this other world, this this afterlife realm, and and I mentioned before that he he uh, he has had guidance from. Michael, the, the angel, since his experience, which is very interesting. That it is kind of the experience almost hasn't ended in a way. It's it's kind of a living thing that continues and, and manifests. And so I, I guess I'll just read a, a couple of his answers to uh, m- my questions about how he's changed since since the experience itself. So he says about the changes after my experience are mainly uh, clairvoyant I can see things happening in that moment or within a week I've noticed some of that comes as little movie clips is the best I can describe it and also feelings in the center of my chest sometimes those feelings can relate to what's happening at the moment or going to if I'm having an issue or feeling sad or upset I can ask my angels for help Uh, I can ask my angels to help me uh, take it away and it immediately happens. It feels as if someone is pulling something out of my chest and I experience relief. Sometimes I can see him as the Archangel Michael next to me when that happens. Guidance, I receive it if I am out and about and I come across situations where I'm not supposed to be. Sometimes as a voice or simply a feeling uh, along with a movie clip and I simply follow it. As far as religion, I used to be a Catholic, but after my experience, I prefer to call it spirituality. The Bible has many limitations that point that if you do this, you go to hell. If you eat this, it's wrong. If you do wrong, you go to hell. But God forgives all who are truly sorry, and he provides a clean slate if you are truly sorry. He simply loves us for who we are. So that's uh, a kind of brief summation of some of the changes he's experienced and again we have this strong connection with his intuition or these these guides of angels and and Michael himself so that is a very interesting thing that we've we've seen in other cases as well that this it's kind of a an unfolding process that guides him through life and and towards his purpose although he doesn't know exactly what it is and he there's another uh, Thing he said about religion, he said, one more thought. Religion is like a box where you have to stay in. Spirituality is being free, knowing that God and the universe loves you no matter what without judgment. So that is, you know, a very uh, astute observation on his part that, you know, religion is usually (laughs) focused around. It's not focused around you having your own religious experience It's focused around the religious experiences of others Where spirituality presumably would be diving into a religious experience yourself And so there's a big difference there Although it's, uh, you know, clearly some people probably need to just have a religious kind of life And not a direct encounter with the, the divine I'm sure, you know, religion works for for many different people, and for some it, it doesn't um, quite work as much. So that is a, a very interesting observation. Um, what else? Well, I just I thought it was... There were a couple synchronicities, I suppose, in his experience that I, I thought might be interesting to bring up. Um, for instance, the fact that this experience happened on on a holiday, on Thanksgiving, and the root word of holiday is holy day. And though um, Thanksgiving doesn't go back very far as far as a being an official holiday, I mean it's still kind of significant that on the, the day of thanks, he is, is, is has an experience um, which changes him. And gives him something to be thankful for. This kind of open connection to, to uh, something greater that he's part of that that guides him through life. And so that's just a very a meaningful coincidence. It's it's not necessarily, you know, it's not something you can prove or 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 that kind of of fact. But it, it's just an interesting coincidence of of a meaning, I suppose and And also the fact that they were they were talking about napping right, right as he went unconscious, so that's that's probably nothing, but it's just kind of a little funny coincidence that as they were talking about napping, he you know, this experience happens and he becomes unconscious and he he you know, wakes up in this dark pitch black room. So those are just some interesting synchronicities or or coincidences that. That stood out to me. But overall, you know, I thought this was uh, a great, great uh, experience for us to read and very interesting. And and there have been, you know, like I said, very um, good examples of things that we've talked about in past episodes that are reappearing in kind of a different form. So I thought that would be uh, very, very useful to share. And you know i want to say thank you to jay for wanting to share this this experience with everybody you know it always strikes me that these experiences are are could be considered profoundly private like it takes a real courage for for someone to want to share this incredible experience that they went through with others uh, fully knowing that some people might not understand it or or kind of second guess it or you know it's something that that's profoundly personal and i think it takes a great deal of bravery and courage to want to to share this experience particularly if it can can help other people Um, because that seems to be that seems to be the the whole i don't know not the whole whole takeaway, but a takeaway of of these experiences that they, by sharing them, they, they have some profound effect on people that perhaps puts us closer in touch with what our purposes and how we should go about our lives and and how we should become who we're meant to be. That these these experiences I, I mentioned in the. the the last episode in the Q and A that they're like a a well in a desert that they're just a a a wellspring of of life and and wisdom and guidance that that through the magic of technology now and and podcasts and the internet and that we can share with with many people who. You know, they can be tough to grapple with, especially if, you know, someone experiences something that you don't necessarily believe in. But, you know, it, they do provide a sense of comfort and meaning and, and wisdom that that I think we're in desperate need for nowadays. So, so thanks to Jay for sharing that, and uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing it. I 'll we'll, we'll end it there and and just wrap up. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you may do so at uh, by sending me an email at Sam Reed's Death experiences at gmail.com. You can check out the Facebook page. My Instagram is the Timber Lion. Uh, if you would like to support the, the podcast like Jerry, thank you again. Uh, you can do so on patreon. And uh, if you get a chance, please leave a five star rating on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use, because that just really helps us out as as far as visibility and getting uh, getting the podcast seen and and heard by everybody out there. So, or you know, share it with a friend, a family member, if if you think it'd be something that's it's up their alley. Sometimes it's not for everybody, but um, I do appreciate it. Um, so now we will finish up with a quote on death. So I thought it might be uh, good to find a quote about the Archangel Michael in the Bible because he featured so prominently in, in Jay's near-death experience and since then. So I found this this verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, and I thought it was very powerful. So, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first.